0: what's up gentlemen before we begin a friendly reminder that this podcast is not associated with any church school or calling body and nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official doctrine teaching or theology of any church school or calling body we're a bunch of dudes who love Jesus we love talking about Jesus and this is where we air out our thoughts so don't take it as much more than that I hope that this is edifying for you let's get started with the show You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead, and our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. All right, gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. Today we're doing Proverbs chapter 4. This is the place where young men come to learn how to. Nope, that's not. um. (laughs) (laughs) This is the place where young men. What do I say? What do I say? This is the place where young men learn how to be the men that got created them to be? I think that's what I say. Is that yeah, what I say? Yeah, good. <laughs> okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. if you haven't been on the Gerda website yet, make sure you do that. You can buy awesome t-shirts there. Um, help support the podcast. Get a sticker. Coach has got a sticker on there. we got to get leave. to get you a sticker yeah. here.
1: Yeah, I gotta um, You mind. can also
0: support the podcast there um, with a uh, $5 cup of coffee donation. Link to Patreons there. All that good stuff. Shout out to the men and women who have been supporting the podcast. Thank you, you guys. Um, it's an absolute blessing. Uh, thank you to Levi for being here. I'll introduce you to Levi in just a yeah. second. Um, thanks to the fellows who've been working hard with me to get everything scheduled here, so we can get a series out here on Proverbs. Hopefully, we'll get the whole book of Proverbs done before the end of the <laughs> summer. It's a it's a big task, but we're going to get it done. Uh, and uh, shout out to Nate Hensler for sponsoring my glorious beard and has two Coaster. We're going to get you a bottle of beard oil. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds awesome! All right, so go to Bricker Beard General. No, sites.google.com forward slash bring beard general to get your beard oil. I think that's all we got. So let's start with prayer, fellas. Here we go. Heavenly Father, let the words of our mouths and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Uh, your sight guide our words today. Help us be a light of your truth to men all over the world. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So we got Costia by my side today. What's up, Costia? Hi Charlie, how you doing? Getting old for getting your text. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll admit that today uh, I took a selfie while I was doing the Jeremiah uh, video this morning, and I had to put the 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 words on the on the picture on Instagram. I had to put the words over the top of my head because it looked so my hair looked so thin. <laughs> I was so I hated it so much, so I had to. I had, to, I had to make it look like I had hair. Let's make it the nation fund
2: to get you like a wig or something. <laughs> <laughs> Start another nonprofit. <laughs>
0: this one's just for Charlie's hair. Charlie's hair. Get Charlie a decent toupee. Go fun Charlie's hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And in mic number three here, we got Levi Stellius. Yeah. What's up, man? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm born in Colorado. I've
1: lived in New Ulm since I was seven. I'm a teacher track student at MLC coming into my fifth and final year. Awesome. And uh, getting ready to graduate and go serve somewhere.
0: So. Cool. What's what's your double major here?
1: Math, high school math ed, and then elementary ed.
0: Awesome. And you're a profs kid, so you've been bouncing around New Ulm for forever. <laughs> Correct. New, New Ulm, Ulm royalty. Home. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Awesome. And, uh, I, I, man, I love New Ulm too, but I also am excited to leave New Ulm again.
1: <laughs> that's fair. Yep, that's fair.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, uh, what we're going to do is dig into the book of Proverbs and then break down um, what, uh, what we're thinking here. So we'll start. If you're following along in your Bible... Um, we're going to start at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1, and just read through the, book of cha- the whole book of Proverbs 4. And uh, if you're listening, we'll read through it for you, and uh, then rock and roll from there. So here we go. We'll just go one verse at a time. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching.
1: For I, too, was a son to my father, still tender and
0: cherished by my mother. He taught me and said lay hold of my words with all your heart keep my commands and you will live get wisdom get understanding do not forget my words or s- swerve from them
1: do not forsake wisdom and she will protect
0: you love her and she will watch over you wisdom is supreme therefore get wisdom though it cost all you have get understanding esteem here in-
2: esteem her and she will exalt you embrace her and she will honor you
1: she will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown.
0: Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in
2: the way of wisdom and lead you along straight path.
1: When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble.
2: Hold on to instruction. Do not let
1: it go. Guard it well, for it is your
2: life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or
0: walk in the way of the evil man.
1: Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it, and go on your way.
0: For they cannot sleep until they do evil. They are robbed of slumber until they make someone fall. They eat the bread of the wickedness and drink the wine of violence.
1: The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever
0: brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble.
2: My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely
0: to my words.
1: Do not let them out of your sight, keep them within your heart.
0: For they are life to those who find them, and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, else, guard your heart, for it
2: is the wellspring of life.
1: Keep your mouth free of perversity, keep corrupt talk far from your lips.
0: Let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. Mm-hmm.
1: make
2: level path for your feet and take only ways that are firm
1: do not turn to the right or to the left keep your foot from evil
0: I don't know how you got all the obscure words and phrases there <laughs> <laughs> I also
2: felt like a bad student because like I lost track where we
0: were reading <laughs> <laughs> well, you this had like all this
2: that? awkward moment <laughs> in the bible class <laughs> where you don't know what to read
0: <laughs> next <laughs> it's, like, it's just like there were, there were like five or six turns of phrase that are like just weird English turns of phrase from the translation yeah. and you got every single one of them. <laughs> well, Ukrainians get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, as we look here, um, what are your first impressions, guys? Man, that is a lot about, like, make sure you pay attention.
2: Make sure you keep it close to your heart. Make sure you don't swerve away from it. It's like over and over and over again it tells you, like, make sure you really listen to it. You pay attention, like, Man. Can like, you
0: just say the word swerve again?
2: Swerve. I love it. Oh, it's so cool. I love it so
0: much. Okay. um, I th- What struck me, and, and we've talked about this in every chapter we've done so far, is that first line, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction, pay attention and gain understanding. It's that idea, again, of a father educating his sons, God looking at us as his children and saying, like, man, this is what I want you to know. You, know, you think about the way a father loves his children or ought to love his children. That, that discipline, that education is all rooted in love. It's like, this that won't always be fun, this won't always be easy, but I'm doing it because I love you and I want the best for you, right? And in a practical sense, you've got, well, I don't know if it's Solomon here or whoever it is, J-Feth or whoever, I don't know. But whoever is writing here, again, speaking to his sons or maybe even like speaking to his students or whatever it might be and saying like, all right, right, I've this is the wisdom I have to part to." Uh, impart to you listen to it and it's like almost a desperation in that like please listen to me
2: and i mean he even tells you why you should listen doesn't just say like oh you should listen he also tells you like how it might benefit you like in life like when it tells you it says esteem her and she will exalt you embrace her and she will honor you or like listen my son accept what i say and the years of your life will be many like so like or like in here, it's talks about the guard your heart. And then right after guard your heart, it says put away per- uh, perversity from your mouth and keep your corrupt talk from your lips. So it's like if you're not going to do those bad things, that's the way you can guard your heart because everything you say affects you.
0: Yeah. So. What was that garbage in garbage out idea? Yep. Right. If uh, if I make sure that what I'm consuming, uh, I might not be a perfect analogy, here, but if I make sure what I'm consuming is is righteous Then I'll have righteousness in me and coming out of me too. I also love going back to those first like four verses or so, or even more, I guess five. The whole first section, maybe it's even the whole thing, is he's talking about this idea of generational wisdom being passed on as well. And each generation is telling the next generation, you know, these are not only are these, you know, good wisdoms or, you know, proverbs or whatever to keep, but this is the word of God to you this is the wisdom of god to you and so you got each generation and looking at the next generation and saying all right when i was a boy this is what i was taught and these were the truths of of, of you know Christendom or god or whatever word you want to use right um, of, of leading a godly life and this is wisdom from when i was a boy and it's the same wisdom that continues to get passed down from generation to generation and generation right right I feel like
2: every, every, sorry, sorry, go (laughs) ahead,
1: go ahead. No, 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 you got
0: it. Fight, fight. Go ahead, go ahead. ahead. Sure, I
1: was just going to say it's interesting because it's very, like, non-worldly wisdom, you know? It's everything in this book and this chapter is so counter of what the world would want you to think you should be chasing. But he's saying get wisdom at all costs, you know, very opposite of what the world would tell you is what this father is telling his yeah. sons. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I it makes me there was uh, what there's a country song out right now. I can't remember what it's called, <laughs> but um, the the idea of how can I ever be old and wise if I'm never young and crazy, and this idea of like I have to do all the sins and try all the things and, be and dumb all and that stupid and all right I, in order to really have like a future where I someday will be wise. Yeah. And you're right. This is exactly the opposite. Yeah. This says okay. <laughs> Walk righteously, like take hold of wisdom, and you'll have it. Like sell. Uh, well, uh, Jesus talks about the idea of, like, if you a man finds a treasure in the field and he sells everything he has so he can go buy the field, and then he has the treasure that's in it, or like a fine uh, pearl or whatever. And, and it's that same idea with with if if as pro- the whole book of Proverbs starts by saying, you know, the oh boy, now I forgot, but uh, what is it? Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wi- of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And this idea of like knowing my Savior, knowing my God better and better, is going to make me wiser and wiser. Um, so, and the more righteous I am, you know, in in the idea of you know chasing after my heavenly Father instead of not necessarily being righteous. This isn't like the Calvinist idea of mm-hmm. like being good enough to be saved or something. But the closer I fall after my heavenly Father, the better I know my heavenly Father the more wisdom I'm gonna have, which is exactly the opposite of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I kinda like the how it like when you talked about passing down from generation to generation, I like how it's like it's like an instructions to your son. I feel like everyone should know this book pretty well, but like especially if you're a dad, reading it to your kids, I think that's just that's something every dad should practice. Like reading every night reading like some Proverbs, too. Right.
0: And if you read the New Testament, especially the epistles, anytime, particularly Paul, but other, other writers write about it in the epistles, the, uh, anytime that they talk about um, what you should teach young men or like what men in authority should look like, it's always... Like those are incredibly high expectations. And 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 it seems almost silly sometimes to look at those expectations and be like, every man in a position of leadership must meet all of these standards. It seems silly until you read the sections about young men and how to teach young men and I we, we boil it down to to you know, be humble, be submissive to authority, and be self controlled. Well what that means what they're saying is act like the men who've gone before you. And if that's God's standard for young men, that puts a whole lot of pressure on older men and dads and fathers and, and pastors and church leaders and, and employers and all of that to behave themselves and to behave themselves righteously. And so, if and the, what, that's one of the things that our culture doesn't seem to understand either, is that if manhood and masculinity is something, well, it, it, it's not something that's going to happen naturally, it has to be learned. From other men, from other men, and it has to be something that is like hard fought and earned, just I, like
2: wisdom was passed down from exactly, generation to generation, exactly. Yeah. It's
0: something you're going to have to learn, and if there you got you not you're not going to learn. You might learn some of it from books. You might learn some of it from just like naturally from the world around you. But if you're going to be a man the way God created you to be, you need to be educated to be that. It's like if you want to work hard, you need to practice working. It's hard, an imitation so game. Harder. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and, and well, and we were talking a little bit earlier about guys we know who are just lazy dudes, right? <laughs> yeah. And and they just happen to be like if you think about those particular guys that we were talking about, each one of them was separated from their parents at a fairly young age,
1: oh, relatively. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're either gonna you're gonna go one of two ways then. You're just gonna be like reliant on your parents for everything because they're sending you checks in the mail and they're making sure you're good and you know whatever mm, and, and you like, just gonna oh, you just not like make problem. it through life, you know, and you just somehow always make it <laughs> or on the flip side you go all right well it's just me now you know like my parents are there in the background somewhere thousands of miles away and they can help me if i need it but i got to do this on my own and you just get after it right yeah. and we we're talking about you know guys on both ends of the spectrum it just struck me now that both, all those guys we were talking about were separated from their parents at a fairly young age yeah. and the outcome was very different for very <laughs> the different, different, different. But dudes.
2: also But also some of those guys can also be, they were influenced and not taught properly by their parents when they were even younger. Like like some of those kids, like you can be a very rich, spoiled kid, never had to do anything, never had to put... Any blisters in your hands and never had to have bloody hands from working hard, you know, or if you are from a hardworking family or you are from a farmer family you used to work all the time, you know, it's just like so then even if you do get separated from your parents at the age of 14, 15, you already have some kind of an attitude in you. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So that's why it's so important. Like here it says like it in a Proverbs, it talks to the son like father talks to his son. That just shows again how important it is not just to read it once one time when you're older. No, it's important to learn it and relearn it and read it every year, every day. Uh, just from from the father to the son, and then you read it on your own when you grow up, and then you teach this to your kids, and that's the only way you can actually get it into into your generation, into your family.
0: Yeah, well, and and back to what you said and pointed out earlier in verses like five, six, seven, yeah, five, six, and seven, it's this idea of like now you know them now you have this wisdom now now don't leave that when you get older i i I definitely did that to some extent right And i think it's natural for young men to rebel a little bit probably but this idea of you have the wisdom i've taught you the wisdom but i also don't want you then to leave the wisdom and do something else um that that yeah i don't do you think guys are more tend to do stupid stuff than girls do i think we do stupid stuff differently than girls do yeah. I think we do stupid stuff differently. No, I Those agree do. with that for sure. Uh, I think I think women tend life. to be more so dudes will like just take physical risks and crazy financial risks and just be stupid, right? <laughs> at times. Um <laughs> girls, I think they'll I, I so I don't remember where I read this, but I think in general somebody said this once that men would rather bear themselves like let the world see their scars, right? Then, like physically undress, right? And women oftentimes will do exactly the opposite. They'll they'll be willing to, either, and not necessarily literally undress, but like flaunt themselves and and um, kind of you know l- just be out there for the world to see. But they won't actually let their their heart be known, if you will. And that's not always necessarily true. But I think I when when women. When women rebel, it's a lot more about like relationships and, um, like, not even necessarily romantic relationships. Just like getting in with a different group of girls and, and you know, like you girls know, going and out. Group and, of girls, and, well, yeah. we all know groups of girls that like are just all about the party scene all the time, and they won't even admit it necessarily. And I They'll feel claim like... to be about something else, but that's there. Whereas guys, like. There are a lot of guys that do wild and crazy things and drink and that all that kind of stuff, right? But it it's not as much a part of their identity as it is a lot of times for girls. I don't think maybe at a younger age, yeah, yeah. And, and um, like when I think like the even the promiscuity is different between guys and girls. You know, like girls are more likely to have like so. This is just statistically, American girls are more likely. To have like relationships where they have multiple sexual encounters, guys are more likely to have more sexual encounters and fewer relationships. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. so like guys tend to just be reckless. Girls tend to like, it's like a relational rebellion. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think I think I think that's true. And well, and that makes me think that these types of like these types of passages, I think, will more just. Generally, and there's gonna be some woman who hears this that automatically is like, "No, this is not true." But, right? But I think I think that sections like this a lot more often will apply more directly to men. Not that the word of the Lord doesn't apply to everybody. I just, but yeah. I think I think it. There's a reason why it's pointed, like, "Hey, this is a father talking to his son," because, I mean, look at the con, look at the the how. Uh, i don't even look at the people that are going to church most of the time in american congregations who is it it's a whole bunch of women and a few men
2: maybe it also points out the importance of fatherhood oh absolutely I mean, of all that, of it. that a lot of i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna say it right now that a lot of black african-american communities really lack and that's a really big issue
0: yeah and and i would go further and say that a lot of white communities struggle just as much, except their dads haven't left the picture completely. Yeah. I like think you see it more boldly in African-American communities because they're physically not present. But I would argue that white fathers aren't a whole lot more present, even though they're usually at least like in the picture. Like, I think it's less, I think it's rarer for a white dad to just completely be gone, oh, yeah. that a kid doesn't even know who his dad is or never because, met him or yeah, whatever. I have a whatever.
2: lot of uh, white white friends who are like their parents are divorced, but like he was. I have friends who are like, yeah, I live like at my father's house for like half a year and then with my mom. Half but to a have year. a
0: meaningful relationship that's rooted in 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 godliness and th- I feel like that's just, a just as war. rare just, across like, all communities. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I feel like it's a modern, I think it's a modern world issue right now. Is just like, it is a lack of fatherhood in a lot of families.
0: Well, in my experience, actually, in the, in the black community. Because even if your
2: parents are divorced, you already do not have a good example of what the man should oh, be right. like. Even if your dad is around still. Is around still. <laughs> You still do not get a like a good picture of what the man should be like because like are right. like oh my dad left my mom alone like this is like
0: yeah well in my experience in in black communities specifically because I really only have a ton of experience in black communities and white communities and I mean um, you taught there so. right so in my experience in black communities is that the dads who do show up in the black communities are good dads yeah oh yeah they're good too. dads almost across the board with all their flaws but good dads where you have a whole lot of lukewarm dads in, in the white community where they're around they're Like they even like paint this nice picture, but like they're not emotionally available to their kids. They're not invested in their kids. It like they, a lot of them focus far more on like providing for their families financially than they do on like fighting for their families spiritually or emotionally or even mentally sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why like, There are a whole lot of of families that just feel abandoned by the man in the house, whether they realize it or not, whether they can put that in words or not, because he's just not present. Even if he's still living in the house and sleeping in the house and all that, he might not be like straying, in quotation marks, but he's not showing up meaningfully in the lives of the people around him. Um, Whereas in the black community, generally, you've either got a man who shows up for his kids fully, or isn't present you don't get a whole lot of lukewarmness speaking of a good dad, do you know pastor robinson the one heck yeah on to New p rob
2: oh he's is so isn't awesome he's awesome? He awesome i just love like i've stayed at his house for two days and one night for um for uh, for ministry day at my high school and i shadowed him for two days and he's awesome he took me to all of the practices that he runs to the church to all the bible studies he's like driving around all day super busy coaches his son um, talking to all of his kids making sure he spends time with his wife like his kid is like all of his kids are athletic all of his kids are hard-working none of them are slacking off all of them work over the summer like his son one of his sons is gun is in high school doing sports and he showed up in our fitness center just recently at mlc and his dad was like yeah make sure you get like he was like do you have a workout for the summer and his son was like yes i do and he was like make sure you be honest and do everything that is on the list and he was like okay he was like make sure you get everything done it's like it just shows like how much he's teaching his kids to like be like this hard working and like this you know like you have to make sure you get it done and like you know and just like there's just a good family like and just really awesome dude he's one of those
0: dudes that's everybody's dad all the time Yeah, i know i know (laughs) he's so good Yeah. yeah yeah All right, on the second half of this, like starting at verse 11, it really sticks out to me that, again, there's practical advice here, right, of I I want to guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths so that when you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you won't stumble. Um, This idea of, like, I want you, well, well, you even said this a little bit too, of there's a reason why this this isn't just like a parent nagging their kids because they want them to do something. It's like, hey. Someday, you're going to want to do this, right? This is the way you're going to want to live someday. So, do it now, and you'll continue to do it later. Because if you stray from these, like it's going to make your life very difficult. Yeah. Like uh, it's 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 spoken as a blessing, but it's also a stern warning of it's going to be hard to walk the walk if you don't have any wisdom.
1: That's the funny thing about Proverbs is that it, it's God's word and it's very spiritually true. But also, like, you see this stuff play out all the time, like, just in the secular world. Like, it's it's just right. Like, it's all good advice. Because God is the one who created yeah. the world.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Like, he knows it all the
2: way through. So, it's just like... So, I think that's really cool. And he makes that really cool comparison in here. Verse 12 and verse 19, if you compare those two... It's in verse 12, it says, when you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. And then in verse 19, you have to see the comparison on the other side. You see, but the way of the wicked is like a deep darkness. They
0: do not know what what makes them stumble. Well, and look at verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter until a full light of day. Like, there's so, like, think about all the situations in life where you're like, I just don't know what to do. Like I don't know what the way I don't know what the path is I don't know what the way is I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing.
2: When you're messed up and you're not in control of your life anymore. Right, exactly. Supplements, drugs, alcohol, but anything. Supplements. I mean, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, supplements. No, no, not, not supplements. I mean, not supplements. I mean, like any. You, know, any when you take too much creatine, so and you get into a really dark space. <laughs>
0: <Just> my pump <laughs> is just too strong. Just <laughs> <laughs> speaking from personal experience. <laughs> 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 this one time I took way too much beta-alanine, and I, felt like I was just so vascular, and I didn't know what to do. I couldn't stop. <laughs> I couldn't stop working out. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Okay, but- so, <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> uh, like this, and this is a theme that comes up in scripture all the time, of they're walking in darkness. They don't have a path. They don't know where they're going. They don't have- like. Everything about life, like life doesn't, there is, that's why the world is obsessed with the meaning of life, right? Because they don't know where they're going. They don't have a destination in mind. Whereas as a Christian, I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly how to get there. And I know exactly what's going to happen along, well, I don't know exactly what's going to happen on the way, but I know, like I have a general idea of what's going to happen on the way, including that bad things are going to happen. Yeah including that things and I'm going to get hurt, that things are going to be hard, that there's going to be a struggle. And since I know of that, since I've got a roadmap for me and I have the destination, I know what the destination is, and I know I'm going to get there. That's true. There is no, like, completely lost, don't know what to do, don't know where to. At least I know that if everything falls apart in my life ends today, I've, walked, I've run the race. I've walked my path. Like that's like that, that there is no moment where I'm lost and there might be moments I don't know what to do, but I wait patiently for the Lord to show me the way. Right. And I love the idea of it gets even brighter and brighter until it's the full light of day. Like everything's just lit. Like there is no, I don't know where I am. I can't see where I'm going. The, The comparison of the light of day, like you go outside right now, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful day compare that with just the pitch darkness of not even of night of like a dark room with the door shut and you, you know there's stuff on the floor and you don't know where it is like That's compare true. those two ideas i want to be out in the sunshine i don't want to be walking in darkness and
2: also like you, you give a spiritual benefit that this gives but also like think about even secular perspective like when you do things right and you do, and you work hard, instead of being lazy, you work hard, instead of going into the debt, you save money, instead of uh, uh, saying things when you're upset, being kind to people, uh, you end up having good friends, you end up having good relationship. you end up having good money situation, you end up having a decent life, you end up having savings, like you end up knowing that you are somewhat feels like you are in control of your life it feels like yes some minor things might happen like oh car broke down or whatever you know but like overall most of the time not all the time because god can always take it away and makes you more and makes your life more challenging for that purpose like for the good purpose but in most cases if you do all those things right and you do things right in your life you know that you're gonna be feeling comfortable in your life like are you feeling like like Charlie, like are you in big debt or whatever? Not really. Like are you have no comparable to my income? Yes. <laughs> okay. In okay. like real life it's because you're in yeah. the real world, no.
0: <laughs> okay. Sorry, keep going. But I mean I'm just, I'm just I mean yeah, in a real life in the real
2: yeah, in the real life, in the real world no. You have a house, you have a roof above your head, you have a car, you have education. Like and you're not a rich guy by no means. But you know that tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to have food to eat. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to do doctor's appointment. You're not going to be struggling with anything serious. You're not going to have anything major. You know that what you're going to eat. You know where you're going to sleep. You don't stumble. You don't right. know what's going you know to happen tomorrow. You're gonna, gonna, you know You're going to go to work. You're going to read your Bible. You're going to talk to a couple of people. You're going to make a podcast. You're going to have a good day. And then you're going to go to bed again with a prayer and being thankful.
1: So, Kosta, you're saying that people who like willfully disobey God's commands will often run into consequences. Yeah, and, you're and that's what it that is, that is most of the time. Of yeah, because like, yeah. if you take drugs and you being lazy, like it's gonna get you on the.
0: Bad I love path. that you're always on like a hundred. There is no like, you know, stumble into a little bit of pornography. There's like, wreck your life with drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no, keep going. now. you're right. I mean, you're even right. pornography,
2: like. Pornography ruins oh, yeah. your relationship. Oh, you can have a, yeah. you can be a, you can have beautiful marriage, a beautiful wife, a beautiful kids, and you can ruin it. You can whatever. You can open a website. Your wife can see your computer, whatever, and it can ruin everything. And now you don't have a house where you lived. You don't have a family. You can't see your kids anymore. Like that can happen too, you know. But if you do things right, and instead of saying stupid things, you are being kind. Instead of being lazy, you work. Instead of, uh, being always negative praising god and being thankful most of the time sometimes it is exceptions like with job that's why we have another wisdom book is job but most of the time that's how it works out for people it works out for good because god works for the good of those who love him it works yeah. according to his purpose
0: well the other interesting thing about this is that if you like go look at a business ethics curriculum or something like that they're pretty much all biblical principles yeah you know like it, the like standards of ethics over time and and the world will argue that the that re- Christianity reflects those ethics because it's a product of the environment of the world but this is all rooted in accountability to something and someone somewhere right and this idea of like you said it earlier, he's the creator. He gets to decide all this, and, and the fact that even the 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 world that doesn't love God still expects people to behave this way, I think. I mean, it just speaks even more volumes to the importance than of the wisdom. Yep. And um, and there's also the reality that a lot of times you might get a little bit of gain in the short term, from, or even avoid a little bit of loss in the short term. By failing, by choosing not to to live and act this way, right, to behave righteously, you know it might might get a couple of extra bucks in your pocket here and there. By it might save long. you. It might save you from a little bit of whatever it is with some employees or, or uh, some coworkers, right? Because um, you, you're not the hoity-toity guy that won't, you know, whatever. Um, but in the long run, these are not going to serve you poorly. Like, these aren't aren't going to have negative – behaving this way is not going to have actual negative consequences. It might result in something uncomfortable for a while, but it's not going to have, like, long-term actual negative consequences. And, and in fact, the world is going to value those, and, and you're going to receive worldly benefits from those
1: if that's how you choose to do business. Like a man reaps what he sows. That's oh, yeah, in absolutely. That's the mentality here. Right. Yeah. Eventually everything comes back. Yeah.
2: And I mean, do we have exceptions in this life? Like, yeah, we do. We have some bad people who become successful and have a decent life.
0: Yeah, but are they actually like happy? But yeah, but they're <laughs> you know actually, I mean? actually right. happy. Exactly. Yeah, that is true.
2: Yeah, like a lot of those people aren't happy. So it's just like, but it is like, it has some people who say, like, oh, how can be God be good or how can He say that if bad things happens to good people or good things happens to bad people. Like I have grandma who is super... He's She's one of the most godly people I know, serves in church, teaches pretty much for free, volunteers to teach Sunday school for free, uh, does a bunch of things in church and uh, she, sells, she sells jewelry. and on the way back home, she got beat up, almost died and she had to live in our house for the whole summer for like three, four months. She had recovery. They uh, The guy who was... It was a couple of guys, one had a baseball bit and the other one had a breast knuckle. And they beat her up so hard and the only and and they tried to kill her by doing this, but they didn't kill her because one of the neighbors saw her and he yelled and they ran away with a with a bag full of jewelry that she was selling. But that happened like many years ago. But uh so yeah, when I was a kid. And uh, my uncle actually, he after that happened for the first time He used to go to church and he doesn't go to church anymore because he was like, he just, he, he told me that he never really believed in God. He just went to church because it's a family thing. But like overall, every time I like talk to him, he would always bring up that point. Like, how can God be good if he allows those bad things happen or whatever? And that's a big, that's a big question. Like, what do you think about that?
0: Well, and well, think about all the bad things that would continue to happen if God didn't intervene on our behalf. Sure. like what if what that if nobody didn't die. was My accountable didn't die. well her yeah her but dad, think yeah. about it, like from the idea of if, if what if nobody on earth anywhere was accountable to God for anything think about how much more wicked and evil there would be in the world the fact that there is any good the fact that there's even a world to exist in is all grace and mercy from our heavenly father and nothing less um and yeah i yeah and it's really hard when something bad. It's almost harder when something bad happens to somebody else that you love than when something bad happens to you. When something bad happens to you, you're like, "All right," like you might be in self pity for a while. Especially, but as particular as a Christian man, it's just like, "All right, grit your teeth, let's get through this and and get back on the horse." Right? Like I know God loves me; He wouldn't have sent this without meaning. And let's just, I'm right. I don't know why. Let's just move on. But if it's somebody that you love, that's like way harder for at least for me. It's way harder to forgive. And way harder to get past that. So, I, I mean, I feel for him, man. I don't know. I, I, I
2: Have you ever watched God's Not Dad? Yeah. The guy in the first no, movie. No, I haven't you actually. Haven't? Now that I think about it, no. Have I haven't. you ever seen God's Not Dad? The guy in the first movie brought up a really good point. I don't know how philosophically it seems pretty solid. I know how theologically it's correct. But he said that uh, in God's Not Dad, it is a guy and he's in college in university public university and he's in philosophy class and the guy in the philosophy class who is atheist that professor makes in the beginning of the first class to write on the piece of paper every student has to write god god is dad but he's a christian he was like i'm not going to do this i can't do this and he was like well if you refuse to do this then you have to prove us that god is not dad and the whole movie is about him proving his professor and doing presentation after presentation about how God is not dead and the last point that he brought out was about good and evil and it's like the biggest question the biggest the biggest uh point against God that uh, atheists bring it's how is God can be good and he allows evil in the world and uh, the point that he brought up was that God allows evil in the world on a temporary basis due to the free will so that everyone who chooses to love him can be with him in the eternal life without evil yeah so like if i don't know how theologically it's correct but oh, like yeah. philosophically sounds pretty solid to me well and there's it also makes
0: sense so um and, and uh so i talk about this <laughs> at least once a week so forgive me if you've heard this a million times before but i once heard david sharf give a talk where he he very boldly spoke about the idea that the most dangerous but also the most purposeful prayer a man can pray is, "Lord, uh, give me a good life, but if you know I, my life must be miserable in order for me to be saved, in order for my faith to be secure, so I can spend eternity with you, if my life has to suck for that to happen, then send what you have to send." Yeah. Like if you if there if 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 I my if I can never feel like <laughs> earthly joy and happiness again, Like, if nothing good ever happens to me ever again, in order that I might be saved, let it be so.
2: Man, that's a hard prayer. (laughs) It's such a hard
0: prayer. But when you understand that that's what's going on, like, when when bad things happen to good people, in quotation marks, it's God protecting them from something else, which is far worse. And we, we talk all these things, we talk all the time about, like, you know, you know, we're we're not giving up anything that's worth saving, right? But then when something bad happens, we're like, "Yeah, but you took that away." <laughs> like, no, well, we, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like as Christians, we talk boldly like that all the time, and then we don't always do a good job of actually, like, believing that. And, like, Job said in so many words, "Even if you kill me, even then I will trust in you." Like, though he slay me, even yet I will trust in him. And like there is no purer faith than that. like even if God takes me home right now, even if he takes my health away and I by by getting uh, allowing me to be mugged, like even if you know, he takes away all my money, like I end up in financial ruin so that I might not be proud and put my faith in things so that I might not you know walk into something else that's like he might literally take my ability to walk away. So that I might not walk into other things, right? Um, And there's natural consequences like, man, you're spending too much time on lifting and then you throw out your back, right? Like now you have time to focus on something else. You know, like um, you're running out on your wife and your wife finds out and now she doesn't trust you anymore and you have to earn that trust back. Well, it's an exercise in returning to righteousness, right? And, And so you can see those things as always bad but you can also also recognize, like it's more helpful and more beneficial as a Christian to recognize those as a blessing from God that's keeping you on a straight path, right? So if if you get caught in sin, a lot of times it's like, wow, getting caught was terrible. Um, but the reality is, in order to fix the things you screwed up, you now have to walk in righteousness and basically prove that righteousness to the people around you. And that process is going to require you, to walk very closely with God, probably closer than you have before. And that's a tremendous blessing. But even that isn't guaranteed to us. Like he might just allow bad things to happen and never explain So that he spends eternity with us, so that we get to spend eternity with him. And that's true, too, is that God wants us to be with him. He wants to spend eternity with us. It's not just like, yeah, I I want to give you a shot to be up here with me. It's I desperately want you to be with me, so I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get you with me. I'm can gonna. I, can I add
1: to that? Yes yeah. you're talking a lot like this chapel that Professor Wessel gave my like my favorite MLC chapel ever. So we talked about Romans eight. God works for the good of those who love Him, and then immediately after that, Paul follows up with, "For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son," which is a lot of words. But what he's saying is that from eternity, God chose these obstacles, put them in my life, so that I would be. More like Jesus. And how was Jesus? Well, on earth he suffered a lot. But then, you know, he had the cross and now he has the crown. So God is giving us these challenges for that end goal. That's what Paul is saying there. I always think that's really cool.
0: And I like that you said challenges and you use the words challenges and obstacles because he's not making me sin. You know, and sometimes it's not even related. Sometimes the difficulties and challenges and obstacles aren't even related to my sin. But usually, at least to some extent, they are, Right. right? And so that's other also important understanding is that God's not making me sin, but he knows my heart, he knows my weaknesses. The devil also is very observant, and he knows what makes me stumble. Like he's got a logbook of all the things that have ever made me stumble, and he's gonna keep using the ones that work, right? And my heavenly father also knows that because he specifically designed me, he also then knows and recognizes how I end up being corrupted. And so those things go hand in hand. I love to point back to the story of, oh, boy, I think it's Elisha. It might be Elijah, but I'm pretty sure it's Elisha. Everyone's getting the And his servant.
2: <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I was like, was so it Elisha? It's Elisha, Elisha and Elisha? his servant, right?
0: And, and they're in, in their house. And Elisha wakes up one day, and his servant is panicking. And he says, like, look out. There's there Our city is surrounded by the enemy. I want to say it was the Assyrians, maybe, or the Babylonians. Oh, probably yeah. the Assyrians. And we're surrounded And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes so he might see, like, basically the reality of the situation. And surrounding the enemy army is the army of God. And the only way it gets that way, the only way the army of God is behind the enemy is if they have literally stepped aside and he has allowed them to enter and attack the city and then closed the gap again. And he's actually in perfect control of the situation. And he's allowing, and he even speaks in length about how it grieves his heart in scripture, but he's allowing people to be killed, the city to be destroyed, his children be carried off into captivity so that they might one day return and be faithful again. Mm-hmm. So that the line of the savior might be preserved so that, you know, the message of the gospel might be spread during Roman times when there's one united language across the known world. Like all of those things are being put into place in this moment where, you know, Elisha's servant is going, well, (laughs) I guess it's over for Israel. (laughs) You know, and Elisha by the gift of God is, is able to see that God is, he doesn't know that all that's coming, but he can see, you know, the army is there and God remains in control He's not making the Assyrians attack them. Well, he doesn't, God doesn't but he's not attack himself it. or whatever. Yeah, right. He's, he's like, not stopping and he's allowing it. And it's a controlled chaos, if you will, that he's allowing and using for his good over the next millennia, you know, and, and then even further out from there. And so what? Like we just get so focused on ourselves that we forget that God's purposes and ways are not only higher for us. But for everything and everyone. And I think it's, it's always really inspiring when you see people on, you know, like you see the little Instagram shorts and it's some guy that has like no arms and no legs and he's laying on the ground and he shows you how hard it is for him to stand up. And he says, if I can stand up, you can stand up. Right. And we always were like, Oh, that's so inspiring. And roll our eyes a little bit too. Right. But that's a real picture of what's going on. Then also like in regards to our witness and our influence and our faith, like, you might be going through all kinds of shiz for somebody else's faith's sake. You know, like there's so so much more like it's this idea of you and I are playing checkers and God's playing like eight dimensional chess, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like there's just, it's not even comparable what he, his plans and our plans. And so like when we get caught up in this, it really, what it is is this pride and selfishness of like, all right, God, you wronged me. I'm done with you. I, what you're doing is losing sight of the promises that he's made. It's not so much about, you know, God does let bad things happen to good people. He's not actually letting something bad happen to you because it's a blessing coming in the future. You know? It's
2: like Pastor Mike Novotny one time compared. If we take, people are complaining and saying, how can God allow bad things to happen in our life? But in reality, if you're a Christian, your life is not just your earthly life, it's your also eternal life. And if you take your life, which means your earthly life, internal life, and you you imagine it like a book, your earthly life is going to be this small tiny letter somewhere in the first page. And then your eternal life is going to be this huge over a thousand page encyclopedia that you have no clue what's going to happen. You don't even know what this one little letter is because you haven't even read the whole letter. You know, but the God has the whole book memorized and he knows exactly what's going to happen. He has all planned out and like... And just because something and and if if Pastor Mike Novotny said what God allows something bad happen in this one little letter and one little line. But the rest of the book is going to be good and joyful and happy. Will you be okay with this book? I'll be pretty happy with this book. So why should we be sad? You know, like even if the bad things happen to us, we just have to put our trust in God and trust that he does everything for good for
0: the for the good of those who love him. Yeah. yeah. I saw another one who was I think it was Francis Chan, who I'm not going to like endorse everything he says, but he I saw a sermon he did once where he had 500 feet of rope and he put one little tiny piece of tape on one end of the rope and said, all right. This isn't even like this so this is your this is your earthly life right this little tiny piece on the end of the rope this is your earthly life and then the whole rest of your the rope is like isn't even the beginning of your eternity would you throw the whole rope away just because it's got this little red mark on it you know and that red mark isn't even all bad you know like it's it's like one little speck of ink on this Red mark is 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 unpleasant, <laughs> you know. Like, and, and you you look at it from that perspective, you know. Like, but but when we when we get arrogant enough to think that we understand the world and the way the world works, and that there that we're important enough that there is nothing beyond, like, when we imagine that there's nothing beyond this life, we actually make a lot of ourselves too. You know, like. It makes us way more important. If, if there's an eternity and God reigns supreme and um, people can be saved at the end and all that, then we become way less important. So it really is arrogance when we start talking that way and we start saying things like, you know, God did me wrong. It's like, God's not the one that does wrong. You and I are. And we mess this up a lot. Like, We screw this up all the time. It's like, what a
2: kind of a big deal you are that God purposely did you something wrong. He's yeah, like, exactly. oh, out of all the billions people, I'm going to wrong you. I'm going to wrong you. <laughs> I'm I'm a supreme God who created the world. And you the were universe threatening enough to <laughs> me that I had
0: to knock you down. No, a no,
2: like, yeah, that is it. What, what,
0: what kind of a big deal you are. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I never thought about that either. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas it's that time big time takeaways. i know we've already talked about a bunch of takeaways but what are some takeaways here big themes that you're gonna walk away with at the end of this podcast. man be humble what say
2: uh don't we just talked about arrogance don't be arrogant don't complain you know like life can suck sometimes but sometimes you have to pray for it to suck actually i'm gonna challenge all the listeners right now either you're driving a car going on a run making food or just sitting on the toilet listening to it <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Nice. I, don't nice. want to do it. I don't know. Fast <laughs> this, this podcast and pray for God to challenge your life. Just do it. Do it right now. It's just,
0: it's so hard. Like you said it, and I just like, I don't want to do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I always look for connections between parts of the Bible. Uh, the one I thought of here, Ephesians 6 fathers do not exasperate your children exasperate is a great word there yeah. instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the lord i think that's the theme of the theme
0: of the chapter yeah yeah we almost get the the father's almost exasperated here it's yeah. like the opposite he's like please like don't let this pass away yep. this has to stay actually that's another thing is how many times he says that like you think about how many times this father says listen to me and don't let these things go just in this chapter And it's only one chapter of a book of thirty proverbs, Mm -hmm. or of thirty chapters, and this is only what he wrote down. So, like, you think about, like, think about being that son. It's almost like I can almost imagine it being annoying. But like, what a gift to be the son of this father, and have spent your entire childhood and probably then well into your adult life, hearing your father continually say, like, giving you these blessings of saying, like, all right. Don't forget to be wise. Hold these things before you. This is the wisdom of our of, of our people, you know. As men of God, this is what we're passing on. This is what I'm sharing with you. Don't forget this. Don't forget this. Live this way. What a blessing to have that message just pounded into you. You know, maybe not pounded isn't the right word, but you know what I mean. Just like yep. always yeah. there, always there. Like, just yeah. another good example how to be good dad. Yeah.
1: So fathers do exasperate your children by being so persistent. Be kind. I we don't, know about exasper- <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't but, but I don't see this being exasperating. I no. see this as being yeah, like, no, Oh my no. gosh, dad, I get it, you know? Yep. <laughs> like maybe annoy your children. Yeah. Don't exasperate your children, but annoy them with the truth. Yep. <laughs> Man, so they remember it. Like yeah. you better remember right. that. Right. Well you think about like um, when, when we talk about I think Everybody's got some family member who, like, as soon as they open their – or some story that they tell or something they always say, and you can, like, script it out before they say it. Like, we've seen those those Instagram stories where it's, like, a couple, and he's, like – it's usually a husband and a wife, and the husband, like, says what the wife's going to say before she says it, you know? Oh, yeah. Yep. Like – you should, be talking ab- you should be talking about the wisdom of of, of Scripture in a godly life so much that, like, you start talking about your kids, like, finish your sentence, like, all right, Dad, I get it, you know, walking away, you know, I won't let go of my, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so they're, like, literally know it now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fellas, it was a blessing awesome. to have you on. Thanks for spending some time with us today, man. Yeah, thank you. Levi, thank you glad much. to have you, dude. We'll have you on again sometime. Soon, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Fellas, go be the man that guy created you to be. We'll talk to you next time. Be a man. Good job. Good job. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at GirdUpMinistries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at GirdUpMinistries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Girdup Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, We will be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.